0: Sue Meyer.
1: Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. I'm so happy to be back with you today. I actually had a request for this show. Um, A young lady asked me if I would do something about uh, weight loss. Um, I'm kind of reluctant because I think there's such an obsession with weight loss in this country that I th- it's terrible, <laughs> to say the least. I, um, But I'm going to tell you what I know, and it's just, everything in my world is just based on common sense. What I grew up with, good food, you know, what I talk about all the time. But there are a few homeopathic remedies that may help to balance the body in times of stress or an imbalance that has been brought on by something. It's not going to necessarily make you lose weight, but you will feel more balanced so that exercise can be promoted, good eating habits to nullify the cravings for chocolate or sugar or something like that. So I think it's really important to just kind of discuss weight in general. And so I was prompted, I was like, okay, when we were in school, I think we were taught that if you have if for obesity actual obesity which according to the dictionary is an excessive development of fat throughout the body or corpulence you know we always talk about such a corpulent person <laughs> but the point is is the excess fat is stored for whatever reason if it's because we're eating too much is it because our thyroid's out of balance is it because our adrenals are not functioning properly You know, what's really going on? Like I say, a good homeopath will help you dig to the bottom of this problem, but for the most part, the things we're going to talk about today are things that you can just do to help balance your own body anyway. And if it's something that's acute, that's come on quickly, chances are you've gone through some stress or you've been exposed to some toxins that have thrown the body out of whack or something like that. So um, obesity in general is, like I said, just... An excess of body fat and even where the fat is stored is really huge and indicative as to what's going on inside the body. If you see someone who is what we used to call like the roly-poly, you know, Jolly Santa type person and they're just have excess weight over their whole body, that's actually a, he- a healthier way of gaining weight. You don't want to see, you know, if it's if you have 20% body fat or more, then you're considered obese, and oddly enough, a lot of people, you know, actually have 20%, 20% isn't that much, you take a 150 pound man, you know, what is that, 30 pounds, it's not that, or a woman, I guess, <laughs> I'd be kind of a little guy, anyway, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's quite a bit of fat, um, but you'd be surprised if you go on a diet, and you lose 15, 20 pounds, it doesn't take long, and most people can tell you've lost weight, but it's really not that much of the person. Do you see what I'm saying? So, actual weight loss is important if you're reaching that obese level because all your organs, all the parts of your body have to work harder when there's too much fat for the blood to pump through. Okay? If it's just because of excess food, cut back on the food. If there's other things going on, try to fix it. And what are some of the things that can trigger weight gain? Most of the time, it's stress. Okay, because there's a whole raft of things that go on inside the body when it's under stress. And we've talked about stressors so many times in this show, and I cannot talk about it enough, because stress changes everything. It changes your life. And we don't have to feel stress if we can handle the situation. If we're we're exposed to something... And it stresses us out. Most of the time we'll eventually get used to what it is. But if it's not something that we can adjust to, this change in our life or this extra duty or this extra loss or whatever is going on, if we can't adjust to that, we have to find something that's going to help us balance. So a lot of times people, that's when they, they go to food because that's a comfort. We all are comforted by food. It's just the way we are. We're corporal. We cannot deny the way we've been created. And from the moment we're born, we go to mama's breast and we suckle. That's a comfort. Okay, we've just been through a traumatic experience. What do we do? We eat. And it's that way all the time. Go to grandma's house. Hey, honey, what would you like to eat today? You know, it's just the world we live in. Food does comfort. There's no question about it and there's no getting around it. So it's the kinds of foods most of the time and the combinations of foods that we eat that are going to help us to be healthier and to not have the excessive weight gain. If, if you look back throughout history in the United States, we have a terrible way of eating. We have created <laughs> ourselves a monster. We go somewhere and we have a burger and we have fries and we have a malt shake or we have cola or whatever it is, and that's just a recipe for absolute disaster. So we just have to start thinking about what we're putting into our bodies if it's not nourishing, really, don't eat it. It's, it's that simple. Because your body will actually desire those things that are bad for it. If, you, if that's the way you want to train it. And even with our little kids. You know, well, I have to say this, okay? Um, I have so many people say, oh, you're so... Well, not lately. <laughs> but when I was younger, a young mother or whatever, people say, oh, you're so thin. You know, having kids must be easy for you. And I used to just laugh at them having kids was never easy for me it was always a struggle I always tried to offer it up I say having kids the the pregnancy part of it okay I it was um no I don't think there's really anybody that has an easy pregnancy and if they do they're very blessed but for the most part all women work hard to have children and whether they have one or whether they have three or whether they have 10 they all work hard it's Just the way it is. Because you can only work hard so many hours a day. And if you have one to wait on, you're going to wait on that child. If you have ten to wait on, you're going to wait on all of them. And so when people would say to me, oh, you know, (laughs) I just, I would have to laugh. I followed very basic rules when I was having my children. Um, Thanks to my mother. I had a fantastic mother who taught me well. And I pampered myself after my babies were born. I worked really hard while I was pregnant. I it was either milking cows or working in the nursing home or working in the garden or mowing lawn. I never quit doing anything that I was used to doing when I was expecting. I always and I always continued exercising to the point where I was comfortable, like stretching and walking. And I didn't do anything silly. But uh, once in a while, I did. I'd go water skiing. <laughs> but if I was used to it, you know what I'm saying. If it was like in the summer, I was used to it. It's important to do those things. You can't just sit around and and wait for the baby or whatever. You have to be active, be healthy, keep the blood pumping, keep yourself as fit as possible so that you keep your strength. And eat well. Always eat well. um, And stay away from things that are going to be harmful to the baby. I can remember when I was first having babies, they never told us alcohol was harmful. (laughs) Well, of course, I never. But I would have an occasional beer. Um... I wasn't a wine drinker or anything, but I would have a beer once in a while. Anyway, the point is, is, and smoking. You know, they never really warned us about smoking or any of those things. So the point is, and when you do something like that, when you quit smoking, you can gain weight because what's happening is your body's under stress now. You quit coffee, you quit smoking. Those are stimulants, and so the body has been dependent upon those stimulants, and then when you quit them... Yes, you can gain weight. I knew one woman who quit smoking once gained 60 pounds. Was in she always says and I never lost it. I think she did. But that's, you know, that's a huge stress. Obviously her mind was stressed as well as her body, but her body craved those stimulants and it didn't want to give that up, so it she would rely on food. But it wasn't just the food. It was the fact that her whole metabolism had slowed down so much that it allowed itself to gain this weight so those are all different things that can be triggers for weight gain and and what and we have to compensate so now we know that if we're stressed we quit smoking or if we quit like drinking coffee or even quit drinking alcohol or something like that or if we change our diet radically just anything any change on our body it's going to affect the metabolism, so we've got to kind of watch that and be aware of the fact that that can alter our our weight, our ability to lose weight, our ability to burn fat as energy. So, if you're aware of it, like say, there's homeopathic remedies for all of them, <laughs> and I will tell you that I I used to smoke. I think I talked about that and. Um, I will tell you the whole history on it, because as long as we're talking about weight gain, this is awful. And it's very scary for people, because a lot of women say, oh, I don't want to quit, because I don't want to gain weight. And a lot of guys don't want to quit, because they feel really lazy when they quit, and they don't know what else to do, because their, their bodies are craving that. And it's really hard. But once upon a time, I think I was 27 years old, um, and I had been smoking for quite a few years, <laughs> And I wanted to quit. My husband told me that if I quit, we could buy a camper. So I, so I quit. And I would every time I wanted to go and have a cigarette again, I would look out the window and say, oh, I love our camper. And I didn't want my husband to sell it. So I managed to stay off cigarettes, seriously, for 12 years. And for reasons which I won't want to talk about here, it wasn't anything bad. But I started smoking again. And it was like I never walked away. It was horrible. I was like, "How can I be, have been off of something for so long? And I didn't even cheat once in that twelve years, not once. I had Nick fits for a full seven months. I will tell you that after I quit I would they would come on periodically just it was just weird and I can remember I was sitting in the break room because I worked part- time and all of a sudden I had a Nick fit. it's like oh I just felt like I should go out and have a cigarette, and it's just you know the whole the weak flushed you know feeling that you get when you so desire something. And, it, and then I was like, oh, my goodness, it's been seven months. I really think that was the last one I ever had because I had to laugh. I was like, how could, how could that be? Anyway, so I went back to smoking after 12 years, and I smoked. I can't remember how many years I smoked again, but I told my family, I will never quit again because I'll just go back to it, and it's so hard to quit. Well, God had different plan, <laughs> and he inspired me to quit again. So with that, I said, how am I going to do it this time? And so, oh, oh. I had a combination remedy to help me quit smoking, a homeopathic combination remedy. And at this point in my life, uh, I had, let's see here, my, my youngest child was like, I I've, I've quit smoking about seven years ago now. So she was six or so. And so at 40, almost 50, quit again. And so, you know, at 48, you start, you have maybe, a few extra pounds. Well, I had my big mistake was that I had quit coffee and never, and I gained like maybe I don't I don't weigh myself really, but I know what my pant sizes are. <laughs> I have a couple different sizes, so I'd probably gained five pounds. And I quit drinking coffee, and I did go back to that a little bit, but I wanted to quit smoking, and so I took this. I set my date for quitting smoking. I took this homeopathic remedy every single day. Up to the point where I was to quit, for, and it was 19 days. I was supposed to set my date 21 days out, but I set it at 19 days out. I had been smoking organic cigarettes for a couple of years prior to this. So I can honestly say I think that's extremely important because cigarettes are notoriously a heavily sprayed product. And so you're not only getting the nicotine that your body's addicted to, you're also getting the pesticides that your body becomes addicted to. And that's why a lot of people have a hard time quitting too because it's not just the nicotine like I said. So I was on the organic cigarettes and so when I took this homeopathic remedy about two weeks into it the cigarettes started actually tasting bad. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know but I'm going to get through this. So on day 19 I quit and I took the homeopathic remedy as I felt I, I would normally go have a cigarette or I felt like I would, I needed one. But I can honestly, in all honesty, say I never had a single nick fit when I quit smoking s- six and a half years ago. I quit with absolute ease. I felt no anger. I felt no stress. As far as gaining weight, I don't know if I gained any weight or not. I don't feel like I did. Um, I feel like I gained a little bit of weight from, the, like I said, having quit coffee. Today, right now, in fact, I just went to the chiropractor the other day and I had to step on a scale. And I'm five pounds heavier than I was the last time I went to the doctor when my daughter was born 12 years ago. So yes, I've gained five pounds in the last... And But it's not like super healthy weight because I'm older. <laughs> Things are shaped different, which is perfectly normal. I do try to walk and exercise, do my sit-ups and do stretching exercises and walk, you know, just to keep myself from falling apart. But I'm not doing any strengthening exercises like I actually should be to keep my muscles and bones strong. And I, I want to get back to that a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> it's very important to... Know that these remedies are out there to help us, and even with chocolate, um, I have so many women that come in and say, oh, I crave chocolate," and I can honestly say that back in the days when I was still a real woman, you know, cycling all the time, there wasn't a chocolate chip safe within a mile of me. Any kind of chocolate, just just two days before I would have my period, and the homeopathic remedy Argentum Nitricum really helped to curb that. It helped my tension headaches and it helped my craving for chocolate and magnesium is really huge. If you're craving chocolate a lot you know you're probably deficient uh, to a certain extent in magnesium. We've talked about this before. Magnesium is a really really hard mineral to get in our diets nowadays. So yes most of us need magnesium supplement but I need a way to figure out how to eat crow. Because I keep telling people, we don't need supplements. We just need good organic food and so on and so forth. Well, that kind of contradicts my talk about Australia, doesn't it? Because I said my daughter-in-law, who was here, felt like she was starving to death. She went back to Australia. She felt so much better. Why is that? Clearly, it's because of the mineral deficiencies that we have in our food. Because we were only feeding her organic foods. And if we realize that, it's like, Wow that's a revelation. And so I like I said, I'm gonna I'm, I'm not taking back what I said because there's only a handful of supplements that would ever recommend because they're just food supplements. I don't I don't do a lot of vitamins. I mean, no vitamins. I don't do like a, a vitamin. Um, but I do do food supplements because as far as vitamins and things like that, you can, yes, for little kids, or old people a nice colloidal mineral or a nice colloidal vitamin is is very easy to take and there's a couple of companies that I I carry a couple in the store but that they're very very reputable so yes you can do that it's just in general that's really expensive so if you take the food herbs then you're still having the same benefit at a much lower cost so we're going to talk about that in the future Um, but right now I'm just trying to talk about the food thing but the reason we do crave so many of our foods, strange foods, is because we're starving to death. I had a friend of mine tell me once, and this was like a few years ago, and I just thought about it. It's like, that is amazing that, you know, she was able to put that together because she had a child born with a birth defect. And later she found out, you know, about the deficiencies that she was, that child was deficient in that particular mineral, and then the child is born with this birth defect. And and, then, and like say, she put all this together herself. So the, the woman is is brilliant beyond measure, and kind, and charitable, and always sharing this good information. And that's the way it is with most genetic diseases. Is yes, that genetic predisposition is there. We've talked about this, but does it ever have to manifest itself? You know, who knows? What comes first, the chicken or the egg type of thing? And so, if we had all of our rich minerals. And we are passing able to pass that on to the unborn child, you know. Would that child be born with that birth defect? Because birth defects are just simply that—they're things that are lacking during growth. And so, what's going on, you know? So anyway, um, as far as the the weight loss, <laughs> there are a few remedies, and and combination remedies are sometimes helpful during times of stress that are like of long duration and, and you're just trying to get an organ back up and running again, I'm very careful. Like I said, I use very few combination remedies. Um, I like the use of just classical homeopathy. But if you talk to a good homeopath and they make a suggestion for a combination remedy that is just an overall nutritive type treatment, because if, if something's given in really low potency, the body will continue to use it, much just like a a nutrient. So that can be very helpful for certain things as well. Just to give the body time to balance, like, a, like giving the body, the leg time to heal, things like that. Because our that's why, you know, the general healing process is about six weeks. Why is that? Because in every six weeks most of our cells basically regenerate themselves. They've, they expire and new ones replace them and so even with bones injuries surgeries all of these things that you know it's always four to six weeks that you know that they want you to give yourself for healing and I always did that like after my children are born like I said I pampered myself when my my when my I first started having children I just didn't vacuum I'd tell my husband I live with dirty floors I didn't even sleep because I didn't want to have to bend over all I did was take care of my little baby and do the bare minimum of laundry and I would just ask my husband can you carry the laundry around you know it wasn't a big deal but that was my time to protect myself to be healthy and when I when my older children then were helping me as I was, you know, when I had the youngest children, they would do the laundry. They would run the vacuum cleaner. Here, Mom, sit down. I'll get this. And now when my girls have their babies, we all try to rally around and help them. We take the older kids to our homes or help with meals or whatever we can do to help so that they have that time with the baby and they have that time for recuperation. Um, My mom says that when she was in the hospital, yes, day 10, they'd let her dangle her feet over the edge of the bed. (laughs) I would have been stir-crazy at day 10. But the point is, is they acknowledge the fact that the woman had to heal. And this is a huge trauma that the body goes through. We need time to heal. And that's the way it is with anything. And if we don't heal properly, and we don't have the nutrients, and we don't have that downtime so that our bodies can just be nourished and healed, you know, that's going to be a huge stress too. I know going through the rubrics for homeopathic remedies um, for obesity, obesity after pregnancy... And sepia is the main remedy for that. Calcarb is another one, and then just plain calcium or calcarb. Um, calicarb, K-A-L-I, and then calcarb, C-A-L-C, and then C-A-R-B. So there's three remedies listed for pregnancy, for obesity after pregnancy. And like, again, sepia is one, the main remedy, and sepia is the main hormonal remedy. So, you know, what's, What's to say that if a person had that, heal, that good healing time that, you know, their body, that hormonal imbalance wouldn't take place, it would, the balance would come back more readily if we had mind and body healing time. And I know I have, I've had a lot of ladies, I've had this weight problem since so-and-so or I've had this or I've had that. And there's, you know, in homeopathy, we always acknowledge a trigger point. There's always something that just kind of basically pushes us, up, pushes us over the edge and Allows that imbalance to take place. So I, we're going to talk about a few homeopathic remedies that could possibly be helpful in cases of obesity. Now, if it's if it's a serious Im- obesity and one that you've tried everything, you just aren't don't seem to be able to lose the weight. I would definitely go. S- I would seek the help of a homeopath because obesity is, like I said, it's a symptom. There's something deeper going on, and unless it's unless you can just quit eating. <laughs> But honestly, if you look at a lot of people who are obese um, and you talk to them, their diets aren't as bad as you would think. You know, you just assume these people sit around and eat ice cream all day, but they don't. They really don't. There's usually an imbalance that's allowing them to have this issue. And sometimes it's just a combination of the foods that they're eating. Like I said, I talked about that just briefly here. But combination foods, if we look back at the way our ancestors ate, you know, and each nationality kind of had their way of eating. It's, you have the, the people who live closer to the ocean, the people who lived in the mountains, the people who were the desert dwellers, the people who were the farmers. They all had different ways of eating. And now in America, we have... it. We're a combination culture. So all these nationalities brought their ideas to America and... We've taken all of them on, and we think we should eat all of these foods, <laughs> and it doesn't work that way. We should have a meat and vegetable, and or you can have your potatoes or pasta and a vegetable. But when we eat, we think we have to have all the food groups all at once. That's a huge mistake. That's very difficult for the body to digest. And do we really need all that anyway? It's it's very filling. Most people don't even tolerate it well. Just okay to say, you know what, let's just have a light meal. Um, like bacon and eggs, honestly, is an excellent (laughs) breakfast. Um, if it's good bacon, okay? You gotta look at your source. I have, I have wonderful bacon in our store that's not, um, it's raised on small farms, and then there's no nitrates, no phosphates. It's pure side pork, smoked, I think, celery seed juice and nutmeg or something like that. It was really good. It's just, it's so good. Anyway, it just watch the the combinations of foods. And there's a really good the military diet out there. You can look it up online. It's a three-day diet. It's a lot of fun. My daughters like to do that diet because it's the combinations of foods. Yes, you get a little bit hungry by day three, but it's a, it's amazing what they allow you to eat. But when you eat the soda crackers, you know, you just eat things that are good for you, okay? When it tells you the hot dog, make sure your quality of your meat is really good, okay? that's why I keep telling my daughters, I said, you can fudge that a little bit, honey, and have a good grass-fed burger or something instead of the hot dog, because I know they want you to have some higher fat, so have a, you know, but don't eat the hot dog, because the nitrates aren't good for you. But anyway, um, it's the combinations of foods that we're eating. I I know in France, you know, they sit down, they have a piece of cheese and a half glass of wine for a snack. Oh, yum, I want to be there. (laughs) And... Like I said, my grandma, you know, we used to sit down and have a half a piece of whole wheat toast with some marmalade jam that she had made on there. Or it just, it can be fun. Life can be fun. We don't have to eat humongous amounts. So anyway, some of the remedies that can be helpful for some of our issues, like general obesity, I think there's, I don't know, there's a couple hundred remedies that are listed. So that's why if you have general obesity, a good homeopathic doctor can listen to your case and come to, right to a remedy that's going to be helpful to you. I know I find one of the one of the things I find very, very interesting is, and this is why they don't sell this tincture, <laughs> is Phytolaca. We've talked about this before, is that it's the remedy, it's the cure for cancer, especially breast cancer, lymphatic cancer, and things like that. And even John Hopkins University has acknowledged that Phytolaca and 30C is the cure. That's the remedy that... Turned me onto homeopathy when I had the mastitis. It's absolutely amazing the effects effect that it has on the lymphatic and mammary glands. That remedy, given in tincture, will cause the body to drop all of its fat. It cleanses it. It literally will shed it. They said even a bird will lose fat because and birds don't lose their fat, but it, it causes that decrease in fat. You know, so, you know, depending on where your weakness is, your homeopath will be able to help you to figure that out. So, like I say, if it's just really truly an imbalance that's going on. General obesity, and it's kind of fun because, you know, like I say, we talked about where the body gains weight. So, I remember I used to work with a woman. Oh, I loved her in her own way. She was, we used to pick on her. I feel so bad now because I was young. I didn't know, but I used to pull funny tricks and see if she would catch us and, We'd laugh and she'd laugh and but anyway, she's she's since deceased, but she was a very corpulent woman with the skinniest little legs. Anyway, and there are basically two remedies listed for that. One of them is ammonium muraticum and antimonium crude. And there's obesity in young people. And this always hurts me when I see young people that are obese because it's hard on them. They tend to get picked on by their kids. And again, is it their diet? Is it their combination of foods? Is it their lack of exercise? Is there something going on in the inside? I had, uh, well, actually, you can look at someone and you can basically tell their state of health and what's kind of going on. But there are certain looks. And for, for children, you can almost always tell just by looking at them why they're obese. If it's something clinical or if it's a food, too much food or whatever, or lack of exercise. Or, but there are definitely some remedies that can help in that direction as well. And again, we have to recognize body types too. Not everybody is going to be skinny mini. Not everybody is going to be well built. I don't know. What do you call it? Proportioned? That's it. Some people aren't even proportioned like what we call our classic Barbie style. And that has to be acknowledged. You can't change that. That's the way God made you because that's what he wanted. You are perfect in his eyes. And our goal is to not be obese. Our goal is to be as healthy as we can be. Our goal is not to be Necessarily pleasing to everyone's eyes or to be accepted by the world because that doesn't really matter as long as we feel good and as long as we are trying to be as healthy as we can be that's what's important and yes you like to look nice for your spouse changing the subject totally <laughs> but my kids they would say mommy where are you going and i'll be in there putting mascara on or lipstick or whatever on it 10 to 5 and i'm, I'm like nowhere why are you getting ready?" and I says, "Because daddy's going to be home." <laughs> so I always try even if I didn't have makeup on all day long, I try to put something on just so I would look nice enough for him to make him happy he came home. <laughs> do I do that now? Oh, I try. It's it's not as easy anymore. <laughs> but it it should be. It we should always try. I the story of I think it was St. Catherine of Hungary and she despised wearing jewels and finery and uh, you know you what know, call me and quote me later tell me I was wrong about about that but anyway I, like I said I think it was St. Catherine of Hungary and she despised these finery things but she always dressed up when her husband came she would, she would rather be out with the poor tending to the poor and in poor clothing and so on and so forth but when her hum- husband came back from his you know time out into the kingdom or whatever she would always make sure she had it on her finest because she wanted to please him and 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 that's important it's important for the ones we love and we do sometimes we tend to you know like i said i'm a tomboy i still even to this day would rather have flannel and jeans and i try to dress up (laughs) (laughs) oh well i don't think i'll ever change that way but um i do try to look halfway decent
0: thanks for listening to this episode of homeopathy for Mommy's radio show Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.